Hey everyone, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 23. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on the show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Today's guest is Mallory Reese. Mallory came to me with a special request. She's getting married next month and she wanted good books to take on her honeymoon. I was more than happy to oblige her fun request. So many of you have asked on Instagram and in comments on what should I read next podcast.com if I will ever have a regular reader on the show. This surprised me a little bit because we've had quite a few of those already. I guess everybody sounds good on a podcast. Maybe they sound like pros. There's a form on the podcast site where you can submit your own name or someone else you'd love to hear from to be a guest on the show. You can find it at what should I read next podcast.com slash guest. For today's episode, it doesn't matter what your relationship status is because what Mallory really is looking for is classic summer reads. While I totally agree with Ann Patchett that a beach body is a body that's on the beach and a beach read is any book you take there. I know I'm not the only one that especially enjoys a good page turner in the summertime. And that's exactly what we're looking for for Mallory today. Let's get to it. Mallory, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. Well, Mallory, you are in an exciting point of life right now. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on this spring. So I'm getting married a month from today in Los Angeles to my boyfriend or fiance of, um, and we've been dating for nine years and I am looking for a great set of books for my honeymoon because I'm an avid reader and I take my vacation books very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I can appreciate that. What does your vacation reading usually look like? Well, I like a page turner, obviously. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be traveling, like reading on the plane and on the beach, I want something that's going to keep me really engaged. Mm -hmm. I want a good book, not something I'm going to be slogging through. And I like to bring a variety with me. So I like to have four to five books with me on any vacation so I can read a couple of things at once and jump between things. And um, I would also say that I want a page turner with a bit of substance. So Mm -hmm. I typically don't want just a straight beach read. I want something that lets me empathize with the characters and think a little bit about what I'm reading. When you think straight beach read, what kind of titles spring to mind? I don't necessarily want an Emily Giffen book. Okay. I guess that would be what I would think. And I like some of her books, but Mm -hmm. just that would be an example of one of the fluffier books that I read. Gotcha. Stories with good plots, but also I guess we're looking for lots of character development. Yes. Okay. Definitely. All right. That sounds good. Well, you know how this works. You're going to tell me three books you love, one book you hate, and what you've been reading lately, and we'll talk about what you should pack for that trip. Let's start with your favorites. What are three books you love? Great. So one of my favorite books that I've recommended to all of my friends for their honeymoons (laughs) is What Alice Forgot um, by Leanne Moriarty. And this book was my definition. You know, it, some people might put it in the same categories, Emily Giffen, mm-hmm. but for me, it was a page turner with a little bit more substance. It's mm-hmm. about a woman who hits her head and loses her memory for 10 years. So she 
before she hit her head, she thinks that she's a 29-year-old who's recently engaged, very in love, and then wakes up and is 39 and getting divorced and has to reconstruct what happened over the past decade. She's turned into one of the skinny moms with expensive clothes and doesn't recognize herself or how she got there. That book was fantastic to me because it just really made me think about a lot of issues for women and mothers and just, I don't know, I really empathized a lot with the character and mm-hmm. when her sister was having fertility issues, there was just a lot really to latch on to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good choice. What's book two? Um, book two would be The Post-Birthday World by Lionel Shriver. Mm-hmm. And this is a great one of those alternate reality books. And I know that there are a lot of those out there of a person makes a pivotal choice and their life goes in two directions and the book switches back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, This book is set in England and the detail of this book is really what captured me, Mm -hmm. I think. So even the subtle little differences of she's in an Indian restaurant and in one reality, she orders something with onions because she's with her old boyfriend and Mm -hmm. doesn't care. And in another, she says, oh, I'm not going to eat something like that because I'm going to meet my fancy new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you pick up on all the details, it's mm-hmm. just really great. And I think the resolution of the book is also fantastic and really makes you think. So that's another one of my favorites. I'm so curious about that one. Um, I just read a book with a similar plot called Maybe in Another Life. I didn't realize this was a thing, though, that there were a lot of them. I thought it was really unusual. It was like sliding doors in novel form. It... Uh, I think it would be what you would call a classic beach read, more Emily Giffen than Lionel Shriver. But um, I thought it was so interesting and unique, but yeah, not enough substance. So now I'm super curious about that one. Have you, so he's best known for, is it called There's Something About Kevin? Yes, which I've also read. Okay. I have, I haven't read that one, but I hear that it's deep and dark is how it gets described. So, but the post-birthday world doesn't sound quite so daunting. Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah. I, I would, we need to talk about Kevin is very dark. It would be, it's a book that I would recommend, but mm-hmm. it would not be a honeymoon book. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely the impression I got. Okay. Yeah. But post birthday world, um, is, has the substance of Lionel Shriver's novels, but mm-hmm. is also something that you can get into on a vacation and be okay. really engaged with. Okay. So it's perfect choice for the favorites category this time. What is right. book three? Um, the Veronica Mars novel, The Million Dollar Tan Line by Rob Thomas. And I love the TV show Veronica Mars. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite binge watching Mm -hmm. TV shows. What do you love about it? What makes the show so great in your eyes? Well, Veronica Mars is a badass character. So Mm -hmm. she is smart and witty and doesn't take anything from anyone. Mm -hmm. So it's hard not to love her. And the book just reads exactly like an extension of where the Veronica Mars movie left off. So it's fantastic. I'm actually a marathon runner. And so I listen to it as an audiobook, which mm-hmm. I don't normally do. And I just wouldn't want to stop a run. I would just uh-huh. <laughs> keep going and going because I wanted to listen to the next chapter. So and it was fantastic. I think readers have told me it's read by Kristen Bell, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So you really feel, I mean, it's, the best of both worlds. If you love the TV show and you love to read, uh-huh. I keep crossing my fingers. They're going to make that into a movie. Oh, me too. Yeah, hasn't happened yet, but I keep hoping. Yeah. I want them to do another book. I want <laughs> to continue and see where these characters go because I love them already. So you know, I was there, there is a book too. 
Oh, there is? I oh, yes. I know that. Bonus pick. Okay, so book two. This came out in January 2015, and I think I probably read it um, in January 2015. So this is called Mr. Kiss and Tell. It happens at the Neptune Grand. We uh, Wallace features prominently in this one. He's a basketball coach. And there, you know, there's something shady happening at the Neptune Grand. Nothing new to watchers of the show. And Veronica gets called in by the owner to figure it out. So put that in your suitcase. She's so fantastic. I will. (laughs) All right. Well, there's a little bit of good news so far for your honeymoon. Um, Because you can wait. I assume you have a lot going on. You can resist reading more Veronica until June. Yeah, I'll try. I definitely, reading is also stress release. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking you'd be doing less than normal, but maybe that's actually counterintuitive. Right. Okay. Change of pace. Tell me what you hate. So I struggled with this. Hate is a strong word, (laughs) but I would say everything I never told you was a book that I slogged through. Oh, fun. Okay. Well, I love that one and it's been on the show as a recommendation, but the hard part of finding what to read next is finding what's right for you and for your own particular taste. And you have to learn to recognize in other people's descriptions that either it's for me or it's not for me. So everything I never told you, why was it a slog for you? So I loved the idea of the book going in Mm -hmm. because it sounded like an issue that would really engage me. The fact that it was bringing together the children's biracial experience Mm -hmm. in the 1970s Mm -hmm. and the wife who had dreams outside the home and put them on hold. So there were a lot of issues that are very interesting to me. I'm starting a sociology PhD in the fall. So I love diving into issues like that, but I just couldn't empathize with any of the characters. I just never got on board. I found them very unsympathetic. And so I just really struggled with it. And I hated the ending. I won't give spoilers, but I just, I I was never on board and it was a struggle. Okay, so I think I recommended this to Seth Haynes, I think in episode five, we'll put a link in show notes. And one of the things that people who love the book really love about it is its narrative structure, which is really unusual. So I think line one of the book is Lydia is dead, but they don't know that yet. A high school girl disappears, and it takes the plot of the book to find out what happened. And the characters never find out why, but it's told through the lens of an omniscient narrator who is just, it's kind of cold and clinical. Like they tell you without emotional commentary, what's happening in people's minds, what they're doing, you know, even little details like they'll remember lasagna was their last dinner together as a family, but really it was ravioli or something like that. Um, so mm-hmm. the lack of empathy really got you on that one. Is that right? It did. I think I like characters that I can really feel invested in. And even if they're experiencing something that I can't relate to or in a time period that I can't relate to, I want to be able to step in their shoes and really empathize with what they're going through. Okay. So it is a little dark, but that wasn't your issue. It's not that it was too dark or that the content didn't appeal to you, but just the author didn't give you a way in. Exactly. I can handle dark. I just finished Rebecca, which I would also say is dark. I love that. So They really, but uh, Demarie really um, gets you to throw your heart behind one of the characters. Exactly. So that's what I need to get into the dark novel. Excellent. Okay. Mallory, what are you reading now? Right now I'm reading Rules of Civility. And how's that going for you? 
I really like it. Mm -hmm. It's really intelligently written. And I love that time period, New York in the 30s. I love anything that is jazz age, roaring 20s or the 30s. And I love the main character. I'm behind her. And it's so far a really good book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would be a great honeymoon read. But I wouldn't want you to wait a month to finish it. Right. I'm invested now, so I've got a power. (laughs) Yeah, you can't turn back. Usually I ask if there's anything you want to be different in your reading life, but do you have anything in mind or do you just want to, you have a bigger goal than most people do, which is to fill that suitcase. I would say what I want to be different. I'm trying to add in more classics. So Mm -hmm. hence I just read Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, I need to be better able to put a book down that I am (laughs) slogging through. I have right now I'm reading a prayer for Owen Meany and I wouldn't say I don't like it. I love the little stories, Mm -hmm. but I keep putting it down and then reading another book and then picking it back up and going through another 50 pages or so and then putting it down. And sometimes I need to just commit to putting the book down and saying that this is not my favorite. Gotcha. That's not what I thought you meant at first. At first I thought you meant like, I need to put the book down and, um, you know, like make dinner and do the dishes and run my errands. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I thought you meant. Thought, you know, I need to go to bed before 2am. Not that I need to come to terms with the fact that that book isn't for me. Yeah, I need to come to terms with the fact that especially when I commit to a really ambitious novel, and I just force myself to finish it. Mm -hmm. I need to sometimes just put it away and recognize that There are other books out there that I will love, and it's not a failure to not finish a book that you start. Okay, fair enough. Well, I can't wait to give you some honeymoon reads, and we will get to them right after the break. Okay, great. I'm excited. Hey, readers. Before I give Mallory my recommendations about what she should read next, I wanted to fill you in on some big summer reading news. It's almost time for the Modern Mrs. Darcy Summer Reading Guide. Every year on my blog, that's at modernmrsdarcy.com, I kick off the summer with this curated guide to the best summer reads. Anyone can browse a bestseller list, but those lists don't help us decide if those are the right books for us. That's why I put out this guide every year. It's my hand-picked top reads for the season. I've read every book in it front to back, and I tell you why it may or may not be the right book for you. Amazon has millions of books. Your library and bookstore have thousands, but this guide has 30 hand-picked titles. That's five books each across six popular categories. The guide comes out this week. To get it as soon as it's released, go to thesummerreadingguide.com and sign up now. You can also text the word READING to the number 33444 to sign up. It's lots of fun and totally free, and I can't wait to share it with you next week. Now, back to my conversation with Mallory. Readers, welcome back. Mallory, I'm so excited for your wedding. It's making me flash back to everything I read on my honeymoon because books were important too then and for your vacation. And I can't wait to try and put some good books in your hands for it. So you know what you want to take in your trip and the favorites you chose today give me a really good idea about what you're looking for. So we want page turners that are really well written with highly developed characters. So gripping novels, but you need them to have substance too. I do have yeah. one question before we get started. Are you a Kindle reader on vacation or are you taking hardbacks? Um, I do both. I get annoyed with, and that's really funny, I know, but I get annoyed with reading all of my books on the Kindle. Mm-hmm. So I will download probably two books on my Kindle and then order the rest okay. so I can have some hard copies. Okay. Because the ones I have in mind, nothing is like a 600-page chunkster, but... Um, 
some of the covers are really pretty. I would hate you to miss out on a beautiful cover. Okay, so let's see what you think of these. Book one I have in mind is Tiny Little Thing by Beatrice Williams. Do you know anything about the author or the book? I don't. Okay. So Williams has been writing this series of historical fiction novels. Well, you know, it's not really a series, but many of her characters are from the Schuyler family. So you don't need to read them in order. The plots themselves don't hinge on each other. But it is kind of fun to see the same characters pop up, but you're through a different lens every time. And just uh, sketch out the family tree in your head. So this one is set in the 60s. It's very Kennedy-esque. So it's all old money and good breeding. It's like rules of civility flash forward 30 years. This one focuses on Christina Schuyler, who goes by Tiny, which is kind of referenced in the book's title. And she was born and bred to be the perfect trophy wife. And her husband is running for Congress, of course, and scandal threatens from different directions. And she has her own private hurts going on. She doesn't want to make public so we've got love and marriage and intrigue and blackmail and true love, which might not be the same thing as love and marriage. And so that's all page turner material. But what I really like about this book is captured in the title, The Tiny Little Things. This book is full of, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I, I think this is what the author's hinting at. So it is her nickname, but the book also keeps... These little, these little small, seemingly inconsequential, like small in size things keep popping up in the book, some metaphorical, some very literal. And even though they're small, like the characters' lives hinge on their reaction to these small little things that are threatening their worlds. And so it's about those small little things that pop up and what we do when we're faced with them. So you've got money, love, and family secrets, and Kennedy echoes and personal crises. How does that sound for a beach vacation? It sounds perfect. I love the era. I love all of the thematic notes that you hit. And I love details that really make you think and that some people will catch and some people mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. I think that that's fantastic. Oh, I should have told you one thing. So for a honeymoon read, I'm really trying to find stories that center around relationships. And, you know, it's okay if they're messed up because even dramatically so, because that makes for good fiction. So I'm definitely right. keeping that in mind. Okay. Book two, I have some caveats for but I'm going to go with it. It is No One Knows by J.T. Ellison. Do you know anything about this one? I don't. Okay. This is your thriller. We are kind of pushing it onto substantial characters piece, but I'm going to go with it, and here's why. It does revolve around a man, a woman, a marriage, and while they don't give a ton of detail, the author doesn't, on what kind of people they are in the very present tense when the book opens, who are they right now, She gives us tons of backstory on their history individually and together. They've known each other for a really long time. They go back to like grade school. So you see a lot of how their relationship developed and how they became who they are in their formative family backstories. So you do get that in the past. And also the big thing is the setup here that sets the plot in motion is just so great for a honeymoon read. So here's what happens when you open the book. Audrey's husband is officially declared dead by the state of Tennessee on page one. He disappeared five years ago, just gone without a trace one day. She was the primary, well, not gone without a trace, gone, leaving behind a puddle of blood in his kitchen. And she was the primary suspect as the spouse in his disappearance. And she went to trial for his murder and was acquitted, but she's not real, 
it's not been a good five years. So they were really happy. And she measures her life in like the years they were together, the years they were married, and then the years after Josh. But the same day that he's declared dead, because this is a novel and this is how it works, she thinks she sees him, and we set off on a chase to find out what really happened to Josh. But as the story goes on, you're not so sure you can really trust Audrey to tell us the truth, which, I don't know, like the unreliable female narrator is a thing this, these days. So if you're not into that, this book is not for you. But if you are, this is pretty fun. So here's what I especially love about this for you. The story of Josh's disappearance, because we get all kinds of like back backstory about when they first met and fell in love when they were kids, but also their marriage and how he happened to vanish. Um, that kicks into gear the night before their best friend's wedding, when they're both in the wedding party and they're at simultaneous bachelor and bachelorette parties on opposite ends of the Opryland Hotel. So it's that festive pre-wedding move that they're like going through together right before he disappears. So that's heavy, heavy in the book. So it's a really fun read. Definitely a page turner. Um, take the ending with a grain of salt because on the whole, <laughs> it's a really fun ride. Oh, um, I got to tell you, this is shelved as a thriller. So all kinds of content warnings like for the listeners are needed for this one. I wrote a post on my blog recently too about the, uh, the eight line edit. I want to give a lot of, especially thrillers I read these days that just go have eight sentences in the book that are just a little more information than I wanted to know, especially on like racy content. So this is one of those books I had in mind writing that, and there's lots of language, but if you're okay with that, this is a good pick. What is, how does that sound to you? It sounds good. It sounds kind of gone girl esque or maybe girl on the train. It is. It, they could be cozy on a bookshelf together. However, I didn't really love the other two. I really didn't like Girl on a Train. Okay. And um, these, I think these characters are more sympathetic. Oh, okay. When you start reading. So it's better than those two. And I can't say and anything else. <laughs> I think it would make a great book club pick or just something to talk about with a friend. Like, so at what point did you figure out? Or, you know, did you notice when? You know, that kind of thing. You mentioned with one of your books, like, it's fun to see what you caught and where yes. and what it meant later. So this is one of those. Okay, Intricate perfect. Plotting, all that. Okay. Book three is The Nest. And I'm going to try to pronounce the author's name. It's Cynthia Dupree, I think. Sweeney. Do you know anything about this one? I don't. Okay. It has a beautiful cover. If you have to pick a hardback, make it this one. Um, this is such fun. I think it's exactly what you're looking for. Great writing, great story, very intricate, well-developed characters. Um, this will not be to everyone's taste. So when I say, I just loved it, that doesn't necessarily mean you will too. So, you know, pay attention. Um, here's what happens. In the, the, almost before the action starts, so very short, absolutely jaw-dropping prologue, we meet Leo Plum, and he is a handsome, charming guy, 30-something, at a wedding with most of his family members. He has uh, three siblings, they're all there, and they all feature prominently in this novel. So as we meet him, he's chatting up the 19-year-old cocktail waitress, convinces him to, or her to hop in his borrowed Porsche. He's drunk, he's high, he crashes, and she is hurt really badly in the wreck. So his family is not like a major New York mover and shaker, but movers and shakers enough that his mom spends all kind of family money to keep it out of the papers. And that's where we come to the title, 
um, she pillages the nest to keep him out of trouble and save the family name. And the nest is the name of this trust fund that, I mean, the family started calling it the nest. Nobody remembers how long ago or why it's just always been the nest. So their dad was an investor or hired his friend and investor to invest a modest amount of money back when the kids were little to just, it was intended to, you know, grow. Nobody could touch it until the youngest kid turned 40. And it's like a running joke throughout the book. Nobody can remember the poor youngest kid's birthday month. So they're not quite clear when they're going to get the money. But it was intended to be like a modest little bump for when they were in their 40-something, 40, 50-something 40 years, depending on the kid. But it was invested really well. So this modest sum that the dad envisioned had swollen to be um, – the nest was several million dollars divided by four is not a small amount of money. So when the nest gets mostly um, emptied to get Leo out of trouble, it causes these four siblings to come together and talk and fight and relate more than they have in many, many years. So there are four different siblings. One is a writer. One is a art dealer. One is a floundering housewife. And the way they relate to each other and the way they relate to their charming, but maybe rather, well, I don't want to say anything else about him because you'll figure it out as the plot goes along. But the way she weaves the story together, she brings in um, literary works. She brings in the World Trade Center. A famous Rodin statue is a huge plot point, And I just love the way she ties them all together in the story. And this is another that needs like that eight line warning. There's some pretty racy content and there's definitely language, but it's tied together so wonderfully. And the ending is really satisfying. Not everybody ends happy, but you turn the page and you're like, ah, oh, yes, that was good. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. All of these sound like my perfect beach read. I Not everyone's so. perfect beach read, but yeah. I think my perfect beach read. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations again on the upcoming wedding. I can't wait to hear what you think of these books. Yes, I'm so excited. This is, Like I said, I've been researching honeymoon books as much as any other vendor, treating it like it really deserves its own due. So. <laughs> well, I know that myself and a whole lot of listeners totally agree. That is a big priority for any it vacation, is. but especially an important one like you're taking. Well, thanks so much for talking books with me today, Mallory. Thank you so much. Hey readers, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mallory. Please pop over to the podcast site to tell Mallory what you read on your honeymoon or last beach vacation and what you'd recommend for her to take with her. That page is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 23. Those are the numerals two, three. And it's also where you'll find the full list of titles we talked about today. And don't forget to sign up for the summer reading guide so you can get ready for your own summer reading. Go to thesummerreadingguide.com to sign up or text the code READING to 33444. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.